The ACC's Daily Agenda podcast, powered by Musashi. Welcome into the second episode in our series uh, of the Daily Agenda powered by Musashi. We are playing you the Behind the Absolute Scenes episodes from Season 2. We're up to Episode 2, in which, Lane, we find out the truth about how and why the ACC went to the 2015 Rugby World Cup in London and the reason behind the short trip, in inverted commas, to Amsterdam to build up the final. This, this I'm sure you've been asked a million times, why did the ACC go to Amsterdam for the build-up? Well... It was a gag. We did it as a trying to be, trying to be funny. Well, we, I don't know how we ended up even going to the Rugby World Cup. I think we were invited by All Blacks Tours. And right. it's fair to say we've never been invited to another All Blacks Tours. This, this was the first and last time. We had to host on the plane. We had some shockers. Well, I had a shocker. Was this where the, the, the infamous uh, world's highest scrum was? Yes, yeah. yes. And we put down a scrum with a whole lot of other rugby heads. And some, the, most of the plane hated us so much. Um, and then we had to host all these events in London. But anyway, we decided, in our wisdom, how funny would it be for us to do the build-up, go all the way to London and do the build-up to the Rugby World Cup from the home of rugby, Amsterdam. <laughs> and uh, so... Um, obviously they don't play any rugby in Amsterdam, but we thought it'd be funny. And then we filmed all these bits and pieces of us saying, G'day, welcome to Amsterdam, the home of rugby. You know, this, a lot of people don't know this, but Colin Meads used to train in the off season here by swimming in the canals and towing barges, like just shit like that. Yeah. And we did it on the Wednesday before the final and we just recorded it all. And then on the, before the final, we released the content out on social in New Zealand. So it looked like you were there. Yeah. And Fucking, everyone took the bait. Where I had the CEO ringing me going, what the fuck are you doing in Amsterdam? You were supposed to be in London. The deal's not part of the deal. <laughs> like, no, 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 we are in London. It's just a joke. It's just a joke. But then also, what we got up to in Amsterdam cannot ever be repeated. It's been, I think some of the stories have come out in this yeah. episode you're about to listen to, but it was bedlam. Yeah. Let's just say hallucinogens and trying to film Content does not go well together. Without any further ado, here is episode two, season two, Behind the Absolute Scenes. Taking potentially the world's biggest fuckwits overseas. I'm not going to mention anything about psilocybin or truffles or anything like that. I stayed pretty clean and uh, behaved myself. There were some incidents, certainly, in that segment of the flight. It was total carnage. We descended into hell. The safety videos on aircraft, they didn't have to do that prior to that. The plane's going down, mayday, mayday. How did the ACC end up getting involved in the Rugby World Cup 2015? Great question. It's a great question. How do we get involved? Don't ask me. I'll be honest with you on that, in that regard. I had no idea why we were there. We got invited by All Blacks Tours to help do the entertainment for their tour groups to England. A bit like maybe during the war, um, or Korean War, World War II, a lot of those um, big actors and performers would go over there and do morale. You know, the Glenn Miller Band, uh, I think Marilyn Monroe singing in, in Korea, this sort of stuff, keep the troops happy, keep the fans happy. They had um, two charter planes full of massive rugby heads, all black, all black, just pure nutter all black fans who were going over for two weeks of um, all uh, World Cup rugby. We got a call saying, hey, would you guys be keen to come? Um, we can give you, I think it was like seven flight, seven seats, accommodation, tickets to the semi in the final. And of course, we're like, fuck, shit, yeah, fuck, we'll go along. Um, so myself, Jeremy, Matt, Lee Hart, Jason Hoyt, uh, Joe Jury, we all got on those planes and went over to the Rugby World Cup, not actually knowing 
Why? We weren't doing any official commentary. Um, so I suppose in a way, the pressure was off us a little bit and we could let our hair down, so to speak, and um, really just enjoy the trip. I often wake up in hot sweats about what we did on that plane on the way over. We were hired to be some kind of entertainment. Jerry Wells and Lee Hart, a lot more smarter than most of us, they a lot more experienced as well, and they immediately put their hands up and said, we'll welcome everyone onto the plane. Lee tells a couple of gags, Jeremy tells a couple of gags, everyone's pretty excited because they're flying to London for the World Cup. And then they end up sitting down, and their job's done for the, for the rest of the flight, they're, they're done. And Matt Heath and I got lumped with the LA to London entertainment. But no one wanted to be entertained because they just got on a plane and they wanted to have a couple of drinks and go to sleep. But we were sort of doing some kind of comedy routine down the Air Stewart's phone. I couldn't think of anything I wanted to do less than do this at this point. And no one on the plane wanted us to do it. No one wanted to do it. So we're getting on there, stopping people's movies. Everyone's booing. And we'd talk for a bit and someone kept saying, keep your finger on the phone. I was like, I'll keep my finger on the button. And I'd take it off. And then everyone's movies would start right across the plane and everyone would cheer. Finally, a woman took it onto herself. It was kind of the let's roll situation on 9-11. Someone finally decided to do something about us being on the mic. And a dangerously drunk boomer came up and just yelled in Matt's face, you're not funny, you're not funny, you're boring, you're boring. And I was like, I don't want to be doing this. I'm a victim in this situation. I don't want to be up here. And then she um, proceeded to climb into a cupboard thinking it was a toilet and Matt locked her in which was good. Uh, she deserved that. And so me and G-Lane just got on the <laughs> on the loud hailer, on the speaker, and started abusing the living crap out of her. We are like, there's a drunk woman, there's a drunk woman stuck in a, in a cupboard. It's a disaster. The plane's going down. Mayday, mayday. The officials had had enough, or someone had enough, and they took the phone off us. And as we walked back down the plane, we had to go to all the way to the end, Matt and I, and it was just a lot of people just doing this, just... That, that had their movie interrupted. We sat at the back of the plane and we drowned our sorrows uh, and that's what resulted in the, um, the uh, 30,000 foot scrum. There were some incidents certainly in that segment of the flight but one thing led to another and we thought well we are on a rugby supporters flight. There was a huge amount of um, rugby knowledge on the, on the plane and experience and expertise and the idea was mooted by, I believe, Lee Hart. I remember we put a scrum down, you know, in, in true spirit, um, on the plane. I think that's the first scrum that's ever been put down at 30,000 feet. Um, it's the highest scrum on record. In fact, it could be in the Guinness Book of Records now. I think Jeremy was in the front row, Lee was there, Matt was there, but we had a, we'd wrangled in a couple of old boomers who obviously played rugby. Somehow I ended up as a loose head prop and we decided that we were going to burrow in from the sides because there was no referee and then lift. I targeted Matt Heath on the on the tight head position because I knew that he'd never been in a scrum before. You know, I'm not traditionally involved in the scrum. Uh, Matt Heath was in that. He popped out, of course, um, um, like, um, like a peanut out of a shell, really, really easily. And we just kept driving and he ended up in row 40. It was total carnage. It was absolute, like, it was one of the, one of the greats, but one of the worst trips of my life. 
The safety videos on aircraft, they, they would go on about the, the mask coming down, they'd go on about the, your, your escape procedures. They also say no scrums or smoking um, on the flight. Um, they didn't have to do that prior to that um, event. But um, it just goes to show what influence we are having, not just on, on sport, but aeronautical travel. I've been involved in a lot of bad behaviour, but what happened on the plane was nothing compared to what happened on the ground. G'day, we're live here from Amsterdam as we build up to the Rugby World Cup final and you could cut the ear with a knife here. Everyone is pumped in this beautiful ancient city that some call the home of rugby, dignified as Mike Lane. So why did the ACC choose to go to Amsterdam to build up for the final? For people that don't know about Amsterdam, it is like the rugby hub of the world, and uh, it was certainly eye-opening. Well, here we are on the extraordinary streets of Amsterdam, and I can tell you World Cup fever has truly taken grip. People are going absolutely batshit crazy about the World Cup over here. Just take a look around you. There's just carnage and chaos. Holland, of course, Holland being a huge rugby country. But it was a great day in Amsterdam. I mean, what I remember is we, we had a whole lot of stuff planned. We were going to go to um, Anne Frank Museum, go to the Heineken factory. We get off the plane and Lee Hart goes, we're going to the red light district. He just, he just, he just erased all our tourist activities for the day. If I remember rightly, I think it was Matt Heath's idea to go to the red light district. He, he was adamant that, going, look, if we're going to Amsterdam, we might as well go to the red light district. And I said, well, hold on, Matt, that's all well and good, but do you mind if I go to the Anne Frank Museum first? I think generally we behaved ourselves. I think there might have been a few things indulged in, but nothing too spectacular. I'm not going to mention anything about psilocybin or truffles or anything like that. At one point, me and Jeremy Wells came across a castle, and in the top of the castle there was just babies, just babies lining the windows of this castle. We descended into hell. Matt was, uh, well, he was, let's just say, um, what's the term? He was really in the thick of the, of the red light district then. Uh, there was no, there's no getting him out of there once he was in there. At one point we were in a bar and the bar went out to sea and the bar was like, the, like a normal pub was on the water, like sailing, like it was on waves. Anyway, I was doing a lot of prescription and recreational drugs and pool cleaning products at the same time. So I, I was in a bit of a blur myself anyway, even before I got to Amsterdam. I stayed pretty clean and uh, behaved myself. Let's just say that um, those eight, nine hours condensed into about 20 minutes. I think we were most of the time in a pub. Well, thanks so much for joining us from the marvellous city of Amsterdam as we build up to this magnificent World Cup final, New Zealand versus the All Blacks. And it's been an absolute joy being in such a magnificent city where rugby is on everyone's lips. Now it's left to me to get the rest of these reprobates on the plane and make sure that they get to Twickenham for game time. The flight home for me was a disaster. I was pretty sure at one point our taxi driver was taking us into the woods to kill us. It was very World War II. Somehow we got to the airport. I got on the plane, and I don't know how this happened, but I was right up the front in, in front of the air hostesses. If you fly from Amsterdam to London, there are some sights to see on those flights. There's people either coming down or going up. But Matt Heath was in the front row with next to me, and he, and he just completely passed out. It's only a 30-minute flight, 40-minute flight. Dead asleep, like fast asleep. And then we landed with a thud in Gatwick. And, <laughs> and Heath just came out of his slumber and obviously didn't know where he was and just went... Ah! 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 Ah!
And the host, the airline hostess, <laughs> absolutely shit her pants and thought she was going to have to get the defib unit out. And then it takes me quite a while to be sub- sub- subdued because I'd got on the plane, I'd gone to sleep, I didn't realise that quite a period of time had passed. So I assumed that we were still in the air and we'd crashed and my reaction was just to scream for quite a long time. And then I'm like, okay, I'm feeling quite vulnerable now and I look around at my friends that should be offering support and there's just a row of the most heartless people just laughing and pointing also distancing themselves from me and trying to rally the air staff and the other passengers against me. He's a danger, get him off the plane. I think G-Lane yelled out cable time. The team that should have been supporting me were trying to get one of those situations where everyone has to stay on the plane and the police come on and someone's let off. Instead of like, I don't know, maybe coming up and giving me a cuddle or something. Um, but, But we got him off the plane. We got him off the plane sobbing and got him back to the hotel safe and sound and he's still with us. Has the ACC ever travelled as a group overseas after that trip? No. And that's why I hold that memory dear in my heart. A bit like saying, will the the Beatles ever get back together again? Um, I would say no, in the Beatles case. I don't think we've ever been allowed. We're allowed domestic flights, but I think the wider corporation that owns us I think that, I think they removed our wings after that. I'd like to travel again. The great guys to travel with. I'd, I shared a room with Mike Lane, of course. Um, 2015 World Cup. We were rooming together, and we ended up having the biggest uh, minibar tab ever recorded in London, in any hotel, not just the hotel we were in. Um, and that's, that's the kind of things I'm proud of. No, we'll never travel again as a group. That nearly that it resulted in the breakup of two marriages and nearly the loss of one life. Although we might be going to the Rugby World Cup this year. I guess seven years has passed the statute of limitations, so I think we're allowed to go again. I think there's a bit of, bit of steam in this team yet. We need to do something stupid this year. The last time I saw this, I was in a deposition. Goes into someone's sack, gets a ball. Didn't he absolutely munt himself? The blow that you had taken to your groin. We were famous, of course, for breaking new broadcasting standards and rules. This might be a human rights abuse. You know, then we would have had seven new people inside the caravan instead of just the six. Which made global news, actually. The smell that I smelled that day, I'll never forget for the rest of my life. 